You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, from the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men. Mad Men, Mad Men, Mad Men. Ooh, Bing is for doing. Yeah. We are doing the Mad Men After Buzz After Show. I'm Joe Braswell. I'm here, joined by Matt Lieberman. Yes, yes. I'm so happy to be back. I missed last week, but what a great episode this Good to was. have you back. And I'm also joined again, back to back. Absolutely. By my man, Alex Salem. Lovely to see you, Joe. Lovely to see you, Matt. Thank you. Lovely to see you, too, sir. Absolutely. Joe Sanfilippo is spending some time with his family on Mother's Day. All right. Regression with that. And I believe um, Catherine is still in London being uh, doing some Star Trek being stuff. Being delightful, doing Star Trek stuff. Yeah. Hey, Catherine, we miss you. So we, we miss you both. But uh, So let's get into this. Well, we have a kind of new new set a little bit. This is yeah. like a, like an After Buzz After Dark. This is like very... After Buzz TV. I, I love Nights. it. <laughs> <laughs> this is very much... Wow. After Buzz I got a TV. City I love it. Nights. Nights. Yeah. So um, let's just jump into this. This was yeah. uh, another great episode. Last oh, week's yeah. episode was fan was a fantastic, yeah. and then packed. followed up by this episode. So much for those who are saying nothing's happening on Mad Men. I don't know. I feel like we're really ramping it up in a, in a major way. There's well, yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and we're still relatively early on in the season. This mm-hmm. was uh, the sixth episode, the uh, f- fifth week of it airing, mm-hmm. so we still have seven whole episodes to go. We're not even yeah. halfway through. Well, there's a lot to unpack. We, we, we've, wound, we've wound up so much with these characters, and now we're kind of like getting into them and laying them out. But I want to first say that uh, this is a John Slattery-directed episode. Yes. You know, Joe Sanfilippo last week gushed and gushed and gushed, and they, too bad he's not here because he would just gush more about, oh, I love Slattery. I just love me some Slattery. Some Roger Sterling. Some Roger Sterling. That's, that's, my, that's, that's my, a, da- my bad flip imitation. That's a great flip over. No, uh, yeah. It was really good. I'm really happy about it. <laughs> but uh, Slattery directed this episode and did a fantastic job. He's directed about, uh, I think, two or three before. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, always, always lovely to see. Like, there was a bit of Sterling, but it was pretty much focused on uh, the other characters. Yeah. And the Sterling we got was some good Sterling. Well, he he directed the classic um, Sterling. He directed the seri- the season opener. Am I correct? Um, I don't know. We'll double check, Phil. Yeah. Not, not this season. Not this, not this, not this season. season. No, okay. All right. So, but but we did get like we talked a lot about how um, our girl Jen, Jen uh, directed last week. Right. She's the kind of the, the ringer of, of the of the Mad Men directors. Nice, nice subtleties. Yes. Nice little like bits we were we were. Mentioning. And her her episodes moved. They're music driven and they were really great. I felt like this one was equally as good. I mean, just, just in terms of the way it moved. But what I liked about this one is, well, I we I talked about this in the, in the day, but it was a gigantic first act. Yeah. Like so much happened before the act break. And that first 15 minutes we had 
so many characters right. and so many things and like you know Don you know, we had the breakup with uh, with with uh, Sil- with um, Sylvia we yeah. had in the Don the elevator we had the merger we had all these characters mushing together Pete, in the merger Benson. Last, Pete Benson like I said yeah, yeah last week Joe you mentioned we we were talking about how on earth is everybody else at SCDP gonna react to news of this merger and yep. we just paved right past yeah, that and yeah. by the first act we were getting into the little nitty gritty of sure. uh, redundancies and people yeah, being we like, bulldozed our way through it you know and no, uh, yeah. Bird uh, Peterson gone again again a second <laughs> firing of Bird Peterson that was who, uh, the only times we've seen him is when he was getting fired <laughs> he's a great guy <laughs> and, 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 and begin uh, Sterling handled that with all the uh, all the, the tact and all the humor that we wanted Sterling to handle that with. <laughs> he that got was way too awesome. much joy out of yes. that. So many that power awesome. plays in this episode. Like even when he had Bert sit down on that like fainting couch fancy sure. thing uh, that he didn't understand. Uh, you know he was power playing Bert. Uh, we had Don and Shaw oh, power yeah. playing each other. Don, Don power Sylvia. playing Sylvia. Well, don't forget that's the ultimate power play, the Fifty Shades of Don, if we will. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> we talked about that. Fifty Shades, yeah. of, 50 shades of Gray, yes. the Gray Shirt Mafia. That's here right. Yeah. Gray Shirt tonight. Mafia. Represent for those of you watching us on YouTube <laughs> for the Gray Shirt we Mafia. Uh, but for those of you watching us on, on iTunes, we want to thank you very much for listening to us and downloading us on iTunes. Um, you're still, you're, you're, we're, we're, we're hanging in there in the, in the top three to five shows here on Afterbus. We appreciate you and your comments and you continue to download and please, please, please comment away. We need your feedback. Um, rate us. Give us fives. Don't give us fives. I like it better if we give, give you give, if you give us fives. Excuse me. And um, but I want an honest five. Yeah. I want a deserved five. Not, not Joe Sanfilippo begging for fives like he always does. Yeah. I, want, I just want participation. <laughs> <laughs> we ask exactly. We want you to participate. So, but, but thank you. Talk, uh, oh, I want to say this real yes, fast. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. This is John Slattery uh, directed episode. Sure. Uh, it's interesting to me whenever an actor does. I've been thinking about this and, and how to form it. Right. John Hams directed a few episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John. Uh, slattery, and to me, you know, what's interesting about that is that it keeps the uh, cast close. You know, because they don't always yeah. get to interact with right. each other on set. Oh yeah. But seeing them at the premiere party all together, and and the way they were joking, and seeing, uh, I saw in particular Elizabeth Moss with John Slattery, and you know, she was kind of right. hungry, and, and uh, he was like, "Here, take my plate," Aww. and you know, kind of still joking. You know, he's right. very jovial. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I think. I think to a degree it's a strategy on, on uh, Matthew Weiner's part to have people that want to step up and direct because it does keep it sure. very close-knit. Especially with a yeah. giant cast like that. You have a giant cast and so people aren't always shooting on the same days. Yeah. People aren't always, but there is sort of a, a connectivity that needs to be there, especially when they have this office, office dynamic. And I think it adds a certain snap to the performances because people really just want to kick butt for a right. fellow colleague who's taken that staff. Who knows what their process is like, who's Absolutely. approaching it from a new perspective. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and then so to that point, just, you know, I want to, we talked about the density of this episode. I mean, like, it's starting this world, you know, this world quietly, Matthew Weiner has created this giant world full of a, yeah. a lot of characters. And um, there's a lot of talk about Game of Thrones and how sort of big that world is. And there's like a thousand characters and mm-hmm. it's hard yeah. to follow. But then you're like kind of 18 storylines. Yeah. And, and, you're, you're, and, and Mad Men never really felt like that. But you kind of look up and we have all these characters, but each of these characters has an expanded storyline. So then you add in the whole CGC element. And we smashed together. We've got a lot going on, and, and I think yeah. it was handled very well, especially in that first act. In yeah. we in that 
first act, we got through not only everything going on at the office, but we set up Don and Pete's separate outside of the office storyline right. and got like a full sequence in yeah. that before the first right. act break. Well, let's let's jump into Pete. Let's jump into this episode here. Like uh, Pete, Pete's a good place to start. We can get back to the merger and, and some other things later. But Pete, man, Pete really has uh, you know, over these last three episodes. Pete's been been a little he's edgy. Been going through hell, <laughs> he's been a little edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's, well, he's got he's you know he's got going through this divorce and he's going through these other things. Uh, but and he's still Rod, Don and Roger's stepping up and he doesn't have that card to play anymore. Right. Yeah. So well, let's let's run down the list just very shortly. So uh, you know he he cheats on his wife, the, right? You know, trying trying to be the Don Draper gets caught. Trudy he loses his wife. Mm-hmm. He then um, he sort of loses uh, still being out. Out drapered by Draper in the office. Yeah, he's out Sterling by Sterling. He loses Clearasel. He loses Clearasel through, because- through a freak coincidence. Right. He loses almost. Vix. He loses Vix chemical yeah. <laughs> as well. And now in this, then he loses his going his his million dollar. Uh, offering because as as the company is about to go public, yeah, that was ruined. Oh, yeah. That was his baby, and now he loses <laughs> his his freedom as he now has to take care of his his addled mother. Right, and yeah. he's also feeling the squeeze of CGC coming in, mm-hmm. which he was not a part of this. Right, it's nothing that he was a part of. Yeah, he didn't get yeah. to be a part of that decision. But it, is he really in danger? I mean, he's a partner. Right, but I think the net the net result is is that he's already sort of feeling the pressure from even though they're not directly you know he's not a creative from Draper and right. then it's from Sterling and then it's sort of like he's like the little big the little brother who's screaming to be like what about me what about me and we, now it's yeah. like his voice is getting smaller and smaller because you get Harry yeah. Hamlin coming in yeah. you know we have, he came we have into no the I- meeting he didn't have a chair yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get to that in a second, we, have, but- we have no idea we have no idea what Pete's reaction to the news was we have no idea what Pete's. Re- uh, dynamic with Chaw is when there's just a, a room right. with just Pete and Chaw. Yeah. There's uh, there's a lot more to develop in, in later scenes where I, I feel like there's there's a lot of backlash is going to sure. come from Pete at some of these characters. I mean, uh, you know, uh, we don't know Hamlin's... how much stake he has as a partner in the new company. We sure. don't know how they're doing that. Oh, we true. don't know if they're still going to go public or if that's still yeah. a, as a bigger offer. We don't but... even know what the company's called. We don't. <laughs> yeah. A big long acronym. I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah. SDCPCGC. Well, you know what? For me, for me, the funny part it's going to be seeing Pete later on because uh, you know you guys have been saying, kind of debating whether or not he's grown. Remember in past seasons? I mean, he had a fist fight. In the office, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah, so, yeah. is he going to revert to that sort of peak? Because I mean, you know, that, that's you talk about childish. There's nothing more childish than a fist fight. Sure, sure. He's, he, well, he's he's known for his tantrums. Yeah, like, yeah. He, Pete is so uh, Pete wide. has a good tantrum every episode. <laughs> Last week he was so mad he fell down the stairs. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> he did. Uh, and you know his hairline. That hairline is getting oh it's, man, it's getting thin. That, that's actually not like he's not the only one whose hair is starting to get messed up as things yeah, get more tense. He's, he's getting a little stressed. But so, so let me ask you. So. Uh, so we see him have what the, what seemed to be the beginnings of this breakdown, and then uh, only exasper- exacerbated by his mother, which we find out has de- some sort of dementia slash Alzheimer's yeah. or yeah. something. Um, like what you know, what let's talk let's talk about about Pete, like what he's going through and where he's at. What- well, it's rough. You know, not only is he being squeezed out at work. He's he's desperate. He's desperate to keep his position, and that's always been that's all he has really. He's 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 lost everything else through his own mistakes. When we met him, he was totally focused on climbing the corporate ladder and the social ladder, and it was his position was everything. Coming from a wealthy family, getting married to Trudy right when we met him, that was his part of his status. He's lo- not only lost that, but in a sense, yeah, he's he's taking care of his mom. It's like he's regressed entirely. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, do we think? I mean, I I feel 
you know, um, someone mentioned that you know this, the, the 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 vices seems to be turning up on Pete, and he, this may be taking his toll on him in a way that we may see in a Lane Price esque fashion. Perhaps? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've done it. Where do we think this is it. going? This is not to jump into this in a prediction, but where do you guys think this is going with Pete? I'm not, I'm not going to step on, you know, a, a prediction, but what, I mean. When when a when a character or anybody is is pressed up against a wall, you have two options: you grow or you get desperate. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's wow. what happened with Lane. You know, uh, he could have he could have let go of some of his pride and asked for help, or you get desperate and you make a big mistake. Right. And I think that uh, Pete is is not one to grow. I would love to see him surprise us and grow as a person and see mm-hmm. some some newfound wealth of humanity mm-hmm. that we've yet to see, but I think he's going to get desperate and he's going to do something sloppy that could very well endanger himself and everyone at the company. Hmm. When he gets a little bit of momentum going, he's oh, he's usually messed it up some way by getting too greedy, too ambitious, and, and, and stepping on everybody else by like trying to make room for himself. Right. So we haven't had anything to really establish that someone's going to reach out and help him, that he's going to accept help, that, that, that he is going to grow. And when he has gotten something going for him, he, he messes it up because yeah. he's... Right. Well, too, just yeah. remember, when we met him, he was very much set up as a villain in season I just, one. I was, I was just going to bring that up. I feel like that he was, in season one, was actually the villain. I mean, he, all the stuff with Peggy, how mm-hmm. he treated her. he like Trying he, to undermine Don and expose in him. Season, like, in season one and two, like, when he was, he was the villain. But then we kind of... The Dick Whitman play. The Dick Whitman play, yeah. 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 And then, like, next, he's always had this sort of, like, you know, ro- robot Asperger sort of, like, I don't know, like, I don't... Right. Like, Slightly whole, sociopathic. Yeah, this thing. But now, what, what's happening? Happened to, I mean, what's happened to Pete is you know it, it, he's sort of leveled out, right? I mean, yeah. like, we don't we're not rooting for him, but we're not like he's we actively rooting against. Yeah, him. We're not he's actively, a bit more exactly. tolerable. We're not rooting for him, but we're not actively rooting, rooting against him. But this episode, we see him treat his mother in a way, way that makes him back. Oh, yeah. In my opinion, he, that kind of gives him back yeah. in the villain status. He takes he takes advantage of her dementia to make things easier for himself. Uh, and yeah, you know, I, I talk a lot about Bob Benson. We're gonna get we're gonna get into Benson Watch a bit later because he had a big episode this week. So I'm super excited. Big Benson. Um, Shout out to Bob Benson. Yeah, but I, we saw in the last episode that uh, Pete considers Bob a friend, mm-hmm. uh, and he he took him with him to to the whorehouse. I think. Uh, I think that he's going to give Bob a little too much power, and then Bob is going to make a play. You're so anti-Benson. I'm so anti-Benson. Well, well, for a Benson, reason. Benson or Campbell, I mean, like, this is the question, you know? <laughs> well, so no, I, but, so we, we get a little bit of insight into into Pete Campbell's past and, and or life. Because yeah. through his poor, you know, dementia-laden, ridden mother, she talks about just the, a lot, lot about the father. The father, the father, the father. Yeah. You know, so you get a little, a little, you know, maybe the father was had, you know, visited prostitutes. Maybe the father was always not around as much. Or, and then through that, then you have the mother who is sort of She's a little I, overbearing, but yeah. also going through Alzheimer's. So what do, we, what, do we, what does this say about who Pete is? Is maybe this maybe explain why he's such a robot? I don't I, know. Absolutely. I don't know about I don't know about the robot, but certainly the social climber. He's he's always been one where we've either many people say they've, they've absolutely hated to watch him from the beginning. Yes, but we've been I'm fasc- one of them. But we've been fascinated by him as a character. I, I you can't look away from him. It's like you you really want him to figure it out. You right. really want to help him, but then he just does that one little thing 
that messes it up. Here's what I think. When when uh, you're you come from a family of wealth, there's expectations. Right. You know, I judging from his his mother's demeanor and, and from Pete himself, he never really garnered much respect from them, no matter what he did. Hmm. Um, and uh, in many ways, I think he never grew up because he resented his parents. Right. You know, he resented the their expectations for him that he felt he could never fill. He never really felt that he had the love that he deserved. So he became a little snotty prick. Right. And and now, you know, he's he's halfway through his career, his hair's thinning, he's started a family, he's lost the family, right. and now the career might not even happen. He has nothing but complain to Harry Crane. Right. You know. I there was a moment there where I felt like, you know, I I, I did a little more than just tolerate Pete. I started to actually like Pete yeah. at, at one point. And then at the beginning of the season I I, I must say I was a little uh, during the flood episode when he you know, kind of came out as this gigantic. Well, we knew he was a liberal because he could think he came from. He comes from a liberal, a, de- a democratic family. Was arguing with Harry in the middle. Yeah, of the he office. kind of yeah. came out for sort of on, on, the, on the you know calling Harry a racist and sort of being super progressive. I like, oh, there you go, Pete. You've got a you've got a heart. Oh yeah, we all were like, you the man, Pete. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. But is that the seed? Is that the seed of of, of how he might actually of sort change? Of, the seed of change well, that might come to. That's what I thought I until I see him being a complete. What is that? Uh, It's Matt's singing corner. The Uh, seed of change. That's a nice tone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I love it. You, you, you. Until you saw him interacting with. Until you saw him interacting with his mother in this episode. Yes. And now I'm back. I'm back. Uh, He's he's actually just. I feel like he's always had that relationship with his mother, and we just don't see it. Yeah. We haven't seen her since the second season when we met his father. Right. Maybe you know mid first season. Right. 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 Yeah. All right. Okay. So I don't know. So the, we'll, uh, Pete, Pete's Pete, but I, but but you know, but Pete didn't handle the uh, the any, anything any aspects of the merger well, especially when he came into the conference room and didn't have a chair. I, I thought that 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 the, the, the merger, I mean, well, the, you know, the the beginnings of how this was going to sit out, sort of played out in that conference room in a way that oh, was yeah. just one of the better things I've seen on the show. This was a brilliant shout out to John Slattery yep. for the direction of this scene. The staging of that that set piece was amazing. We're yeah. talking. We're not talking about people hashing out uh, the discussions of how the companies are going to be structured and who's reacting to the news of the merger. What we're seeing is the evidence of that in the show-don't-tell kind of fashion right. of this scene where Ted gets up, of course, to, to let his secretary sit. Well, listen, Pete's I whining. And, and more than that, like I, I've been, you know, I, I've, I've, I mean, I've been hammering on, yammering on, I should say, about, you know, how I love the, the workplace stuff more than I do the, you know, yeah. the, the, the drama stuff. And man, this was exactly what I wanted to see because. You've got, you know, and I talked about last week a little bit. You have, you know, CGC is sort of a weird, bizarro mirror image of, of Sterling Cooper Draper Price. You have, you know, uh, uh, Sterling and Cutler, kind of like right. the, they're like bizarro. <laughs> so what we're at, yeah. man? What do you want? All right, <laughs> exactly. we'll take care of that. We're like gonna, two sides of the same wacky. We invited ourselves on the flight to Paris. <laughs> exactly. Silver, silver haired uh, coin. <laughs> exactly. Two sides of the same martini. A martini on one side and a silver haired guy on the other side. I don't know what <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that coin is. And then, of course, you have the obvious, the the, the Chaw, the creative, yeah. the Chaw versus Draper. Draper Chaw. Right. Which which is which is really great. But then you you see it expand a little bit when you get like little small things like that confrontation with Joan and and Chaw's girl. You know, which is sort of like. I handle this. Joel's like, no, I handle this. Well, Cha it, wouldn't want this. Well, Cha's not, you know. It was, yeah. it it was, was very it was very much like when the British came into Sterling Cooper in the big season three sure. premiere, and there was uh, Lane's right-hand man dude who was like, 
He was he was like a secretary, but he, he was kept, a toady. Right. He was a toady. <laughs> he was a toady. But here's the thing: it's the it's the flip side of that, where the uh, where the remaining CGCites are feeling the squeeze from the SCDP people, and right. those who aren't in the know at SCDP are the ones who are panicking. Right. Yeah. Well, we see a little bit of that in the in the, yeah. in the, in the outside when Joan is sort of directing traffic, and the the, C, the CGC people are like, "Are we?" Uh, are we, are we all gonna? All the kids gonna be in one room? Is this like how you do it over here? And yeah. you know, this, that's, there's no room. Well, exactly. that, that will be in a little bit. But yeah. but the most interesting thing. So let's get back to the conference room. So the the real showdown now there was obviously between Shaw and and Draper. So not you know, there was a showdown done with very little words on either on either part. Like you know, everything was it's just it's just a complete contrast of styles and people. You saw. I mean, the first thing Shaw did was uh, use groovy. You know, yeah, he dro- was he dropped a groovy. groovy. We just wanted to free associate for a minute here. Yeah. I was I was waiting for Stan to be like, hell yeah, man. Let me bust out that Project K. (laughs) Where's the Project K? (laughs) Broom closet right this way. Right, yeah. No, but but Cha has this whole relaxed sort of like very current 60s, 1968 demeanor to him in his dress and his the way he carries himself. And he's like, oh, that sounds groovy. And Don's like, mm, And then Don's not you there know. for 40 minutes. Yeah, exactly. and, then, and then when Pete comes in, he's like, well, I need a chair. And of course, we talked about it, but, you know, Chad does a great move. Like, you know what? I don't need, I'm a creative man. I don't need a chair. Yeah. I give, I, you know, I'll give the chair to my secretary and I'll... <laughs> he like, I'll he like sit, scooted himself up I can sit on the like, desk, man. You know, <laughs> like, you never see Don Draper pop up on a desk. You no. know, I'm just gonna kick around or any of those people. Because ju- here's the key difference between... Uh, Don and Ted. Ted is not insecure. Right. Ted is very secure in himself. It's why Peggy finds him so exactly. attractive. Yeah. Exactly. And which is, which is so interesting because Draper seems to be at faith face value the epitome of a secure together cat and we all know that he's really like a mess. Yeah. Whereas Shaw seems a little bit like kind of a nerdy little nerdy guy but he's completely It's the difference okay be- with himself. It's the difference between as as Peggy put it last episode uh, strength and power right. in the form of Ted versus the oh, illusion yeah. of power in Don. Right. Don expends so much energy to maintain the illusion of his absolute control. Sure. You've got Ted talking to Gleason in the hospital about, uh, I can never figure out if he's putting it on or not. What, what's what's Don like? Oh, he's, he's so mysterious. Right, so mysterious. He won't talk so for like, long will, periods. Will, will Ted be cracked, you know, because yeah. he's he's got that security. I love how he's nerdy and secure at the well, same time. Well, in that, he, he's not ashamed, like, really. I mean, he's secure, but he's also, he's putting it out there a little bit, too. I mean, he's, he's still, he's going to be the head of a partner in a gigantic ad firm by being sort of a, a wallflower. So in, in in the conference room, he th- he's throwing it out there a little bit, a little bit of the, uh, oh, who's playing? We can fly my plane. Do you guys have a plane? <laughs> you don't <laughs> have a plane? And, and just the reactions, the Draper reactions no, was, in family. that room were, 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 pri- were priceless. Just yeah. Draper's reaction to everything Shaw and, did was like, who is this guy? Joan was like, oh, and Ted. And, and, and Ted. Ted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly, of course. Yeah. But so Draper's reactions were, were, were absolutely like, wait a minute. I'm, it was a very subtle, like, I thought I was the guy. This guy is not the guy. Well, that's the thing. He didn't entirely think through his decision to make this merger happen. He did it while he was drunk. This guy has been his rival since season four, and they were that was a fierce rivalry in the middle of season four. But I think yeah. it speaks a little bit of the, of the hubris of Don Draper to think like, Okay, we all all across the board. Like, we'll do the merger. Like, Peggy will come over. Cha will come over. I'll still be Draper. Well, how bad can it be when he got there and he sees Cha is actually 
a brilliant guy He's not and a just cool guy sit dro- there. dropping yeah. groovies and flying planes around. You know, and, and, well, and, and, well, that's dropping groovies and flying planes. That's exactly. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. Ted Shaw dropping groovies and flying planes. <laughs> so all I mean, right. So but so then we see. Uh, so then we have the, the first actual test of. Of their of their of their um, the Don well yeah so the Don versus Cha when you know Cha calls a creative meeting you know he calls that creative meeting and Don does does his Don Draper just plain old regular Don Draper shit I'm gonna drop out of the office I'm gonna go you know do my thing I'll breeze in when I want nothing's happening without me what's gonna happen here I'm Don Draper he yeah. comes back and the meeting's over and Cha is like no you know that was a very very cool interesting power play yeah and I didn't know how, what to expect from that but then. I thought I really genuinely thought that Don was going to come in and extend the olive branch. I thought, he oh. did. Yeah. Well, it I, backfired. He, he well, he did, but it was it was a, it was a put on. It was very much. Remember, I can't remember if it was season one or two where he gets in that one thing with Ro- Roger, Roger, and one. the oysters and the like yeah. That. yeah, that was that was this staircase. Yeah, that yeah. was this. He's, it's, it's an old trick in the old Don Draper. Uh, Just outdrink your opponent. He yeah. can always do that. Apparently. Just whip out his alcoholism right. and see if his is as big as his. Well, speaking of the, the whipping out, that was <laughs> that's exactly what was going on at the conference table. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know, every, everyone at the conference table was just like, okay, here we are, gentlemen. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's 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 you know measure what Ted what. can fly a plane. Ted yes. can fly a plane, but he can't drink. And after he was yeah. in this big position of power with all the creatives and being a source of strength, right. he comes back out and he is just a mess. Right. And even Peggy was so pissed at Don for doing because she knew exactly what he did that she went to his office and she took him to task. And you know, I, I, there's an interesting dynamic there which I didn't quite pick up on in, in the moment was. You know, yeah, Peggy was in one in one hand, sort of really calling Don out because she's the only guy who understands Don and can call him out, call him on his shit. Yeah. But at the same time, she's kind of sticking up for her man, Shaw. Yeah. yeah. She's like, "Don't do that to my guy." You know, he's, she is hung he's up. a really good man. He's not and like you're not, you. you're not gonna Don Draper. You're him. gonna Draper him out. Uh. You know. So uh, I, I really love that. But I did in the last, the one thing, the one, the one line I wrote down from the conference room was after the back and forth about. The, the chair and who's going to sit where and then you know he gets up and he gives the chair to the secretary uh, Sterling has a great line of uh, now that we've dispensed with the gallantries let's get that was, that was Slattery that was <laughs> our last Slattery, slattery like alright I'm going to do my Sterlingism alright now we'll do the directing the rest of the episode great. yeah yeah so you got a lot of Slattery did a great job of getting just enough Sterling in there and mm-hmm. then like back, backing I, I feel like <laughs> Shaw is poised to stick it out though Gleason tells him just give him the early rounds because mm-hmm. he'll get tired meaning I think Gleason well, and yeah, Shaw well, rope a dope huh she, yeah. yeah Gleason and Shaw obviously go way back and he would know him on enough to know that's a strong suit of Charles. By the end of the episode, Don says, well, yeah, you're still the guy who flew the plane over here. And he's right. like, I guess that is I, true. I guess I am. Check that, out my aviator. That whole scene was just magic. It was just, it was like it was a sitcom scene, right. basically. It was so funny. <laughs> it was the season finale of Seinfeld where they're in the plane and it's like... <laughs> well, it was it was the, the, the great because Shaw was terrified himself. The look on Shaw's face was just as terrified as Draper. And Shaw's like, you know, have you done this often? Just not fine. now, right? Exactly. But when he did make it, when he did get through, it was the, the leaning back on the glasses. He's like, "There you go. I told you." Walk in, act like you own half exactly. the place because you do. <laughs> exactly. 
He's uh, going to stick it out. I just want to say one thing about the merger and our song choice at the very end. Sure. Because uh, I do think it's so groovy now that ev- all the people are getting together. I groovy, think it's groovy, so man. Groovy now that they are finally getting together. Haunting. I, I, I love it. Yeah. yeah. Haunting in that yeah. moment. Uh, you know, right uh, across the, uh, the the Bobby Kennedy assassinations, you know, which, which, which was, you know, like they do a lot of, you know, they, I, I really love the way they handled this because, you know, Mad Men sometimes becomes, or at least, and I don't want to say Mad Men does this, but Mad Men fans are guilty of yeah. sort of anticipating looking on the calendar and being like, oh, once, this is coming once, up. comes the Bobby Kennedy episode. Once it's gonna, they, shit's going to happen in the Bobby Kennedy episode. And I'm so happy and, that they didn't give it an episode. And, yes, yes, exactly. Once it happened <laughs> it, with, with JFK in the third season, then it was like a right. thing you were looking out for. And then and they've, the MLK episode. They put, they put things on, on the sidelines a right. little bit with it. You could see the look on Don's face like, you immediately thought of when you saw Don uh, in the third season when when JFK was assassinated, and he had this look on his face in this episode like, I'm not going to do this again. Right. Like, like Megan was, was fixed on the television, and Don was getting ready for it. Well, I, I thought Don was just, oddly, even all through all the Vietnam stuff, all the Tet Offensive stuff early on, Don was oddly tuned out. He's all seemed to be like, you know, the 60s is a very tumultuous time. This is kind of the, the thing of why he's not jumping up on the desk and saying groovy. He's still Don Draper from 1963, you know, <laughs> you know with the, the yeah. Brooks Brothers suit in the pocket square and doing the whole 1960, thing. 1960. 1960. Whereas, and where all the social Changes happening around him, and it's not affecting who Don Draper is. Don Draper is still Don Draper. So whether or not, like other people are getting affected by, you know, the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement. These these are things that are affecting people to their yeah. core, and also in the music and the rock and roll, and the tune, the drugs. And Draper's just Draper's but, just turning the Beatles album but it off is, right exactly, before the song's over. Exactly. But it is it is affecting him. It is affecting him because you look at his his behavior with Sylvia. Uh, in the episode, yes. and, and I know that we'll 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 get more into that. Yeah, we're we're close. Uh, all right. <laughs> we're close. All right. Well, Go ahead. we're close enough. All right. Then I'm I'm gonna get into it. He he brings her to this hotel room. He tells her to get a hotel room. Uh, he wasn't gonna see her, and then she says, "I I need you." I uh, the exact quote I believe it was, "I I need you, and nothing else will do." Yeah. Yeah. And nothing else will do, and he's like. Uh, the the his need to be needed and to be important, infallible, unimpeachable, to be Don Draper versus Dick Whitman, right? B- yeah. To be the power that he projects is so vital that he he turns her into this lowest thing of just like you only exist for my pleasure and you're going to stay here and you're not going to ask questions. Mm. And you're not going to leave, and you're not going to answer that phone till I show up. I was I was really shocked. Couldn't believe how much you kept going. Well, yeah, I I didn't. You know, this is this this is the thing that perplexes me about the Draper. Well, just about their their treatment of Draper. Like, I don't know if this is Weiner. I feel like that they're that Weiner and the gang are playing this weird trick on the audience, where it's like how. I mean, how how much can we still can we allow the viewers to still want to root for Draper? How deplorable can we make this guy and still make him like that's just Draper being Draper? Draper, yeah, Draper. they're really pushing it now. <laughs> you know, it's like Draper really, you know, Draper knows what he's doing with the ladies. Yeah. When he when he Draper w- Draper it, I was ta- you know, yeah, fifty shades fifty shades of Draper. 50 Draper <laughs> out Draper Don Draper exactly. And, and at the end of the day, it's like this guy. I can't tell if like that's the coolest thing I ever saw or the most deplorable thing we, I've ever we've saw. We've almost always said that is the coolest thing I, I've ever saw when right. when he does is like. Uh, 
you know, think of any quippy line from almost the entire show. Where Anything that, he but does. To, but today it was over the line. Yeah, we were questioning. What did he just do? That's bad. And, like, and, and I didn't see it coming because where did it come from? Because there's a moment in the elevator where uh, you know when when he's overhearing the argument when he's overhearing. And, he had, and he had a look in his face like, oh shit, is she gonna say? Well, I was done. Like I thought, I thought I, the way oh. I read it was like. Uh oh! That's oh, not wow. even Actually, how I, I read it. I, didn't, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was just the the pain of listening yes. to Maybe Arnie me, but mess lose everything. I, I think it was just sort of like uh oh uh oh uh, all right I'm good and then and then oh. it, was like, and it was like a panic of like oh god don't let him see that right I don't see and then I think that 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 moment I thought well how's he gonna handle this but he's like it was more like I got her now. And then I, he really? wanted to. That's not what it that's was. That's not what me. I got. I that's got, what I that's, that's I got the the pain of listening to Arnie lose his thing because he. He has felt we've never seen him feel bad about being um, unfaithful before, sure. but he likes Arnie. He respects right. the hell out of Very Arnie, true. Yeah. and so he he's, and he's guilty. He played a role in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his, in many ways, it's his fault. Wow. You know? So you think that that his reaction to the elevator is more like, oh, yeah. poor Arnie. And he he I don't he think, didn't want to look at Arnie yeah, in that moment. That was the last thing he could do. It's the same reason that he didn't want uh, he didn't want to be with Sylvia. He wasn't intending to to go over there. You know, not only did he have so much going on at the office, I think also he was just kind of like, you know, that's probably I just, I, based on what I witnessed, that's probably not a good idea. And then it's it's being needed not yeah, desired right. but needed yeah. in a time where he's being squeezed out right. at and, this office and felt so vulnerable after hearing overhearing that conversation in the yeah. yeah this is the classic this is the one thing that I can control you know, exactly. you know obviously the, what we after and what then happened, he couldn't after what happened in the conference room with Cha, you know, like says dropping the groovies in the planes, and after what happened with Peggy, him sort of saying, you know, him missing the meeting with Cha and Cha, you know, that happened. He's like, I can control this, and then he couldn't, and it broke his oh, heart. Man, we yeah, never have tough. we seen him that broken before. Uh, I think we may. Have. Yeah, well, when Peggy left, yeah, last season, yeah, but he definitely was. He would, I've never heard him say please the yeah. entire time I've been watching no. the show. Please. No, and that was a, like a very drastic one eighty, like. You know, turn the Batmobile around 180. From it's like, like it's like John Hamm finally got to access this entire other acting right. skill he, that there was never any need for with Draper because he was he never, was Draper never goes there. Drapered out like just in a this big way, dog patheticness. And then by the end, he was yeah. The, the, I was just like, like I was oh. like droopy dog. And it was, it, and it was Don Droopy. Don Droopy. And it really was kind of Don sad. Drooper. Don Drooper. Don Drooper. <laughs> it's really sort of sad to see that whole thing sort of crumble. <laughs> They're so proud of yourself. I know. You're I know. So I'm so proud. I'm so proud. It's <laughs> so, to see him crumble the way the way John Hamm played that in that moment. He's like, "What are you doing?" No, you're he's back into his. And, and, she's, great mode. and she knew and she was like, like she was like, oh, like, don't keep going. Yeah, this I'm, is I'm over. done. I'm very done. He's like, well, what do you mean? Put your clothes. Back. No, this is over. So no, he's no, like, you had it. You I, went too far. Right. He's like, I, 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 what over? And then it was like, come on, Don. You know, I just, just own it. Do you do you Don? Like, I don't care. It'll right. shock you how much but this he, never he, happened. He Move on. Folded. Well, it's very layers of folding. I really thought that in the moment that this was sort of like a reverse power play on her part. I thought. I thought she would kind of turn around to the camera, take to the camera, and. Now smile. you get to- <laughs> you know, I thought that'd be like, oh, she's got him now. <laughs> the tables have turned. But no, she's actually right. She's like, this is over. Like, I have a husband. You have a wife. This is all fun. She had a dream. She had a premonition right. and a dream. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and the you can't thing, mess with that. Well, the thing about this is, is like you know, it, 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 zooming out from that whole you know what the, the events in Room Five Hundred Three, zooming out from that whole situation. It's like a fan fiction where, story. <laughs> we're writing about this. <laughs> where where do we where did Don think this was going to go exactly? It's almost like you know you you, you I mean, you're going to keep her holed up in Room Five Hundred Three forever. I'll this tell is a you, perfect example of where his where he's at is in the fantasy world that he's living in because she's like enjoying the fantasy what happened day one she's like in she loved the whole thing that was a great link for her then by day two she's like dude what are we doing would you say <laughs> that he was not a man with a plan oh title of I'm the done. episode man with a plan <laughs> I was just like, like I, that's it, that's it. I'm, Walk out here. then. Walk out, Salem. The we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to who the man <laughs> okay. with the plan is. All right. Uh, but yeah, so that was uh, he had no plan. He was the man without a plan. Mm-hmm. He was the opposite. So the so the scene. So that was the Don. So we and we saw we see we saw Don completely go his arc from a lot of change. How he handled all of those changes. How he seemed to gain that control, lose that control, can maybe regain some control in the office, but 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 lose it again with Sylvia. Yes, like l- lost control in the office, gained it with Sylvia, lost control with Sylvia, regained it at the office. Yeah, and then you know felt his loss of control yet again when Bobby Kennedy is shot. Yeah, I, it's yeah. yet but, another thing that's the, the like the world is changing, the world is dark, and Don Draper has no place in it. Yeah, he so he he sits staring staring he's into the 50s space, man. He's a fit, and that you know. I just one last thing about this, about, about these Matthew Weiner, 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 Matthew Weiner. I've always, I've always said Weiner. It's Weiner. It's Weiner. Definitely Weiner. Weiner. These these Matthew Weiner sort of event episodes were like I love again. Like, we love why they didn't. They made this sort of a throwaway episode, but they've always used these event episodes to sort of to reflect not what's happening in the times, but to, to sort of like one of my colleagues at Grantland mentioned this. Uh, I think it was Greenwald mentioned that like it's always a good mirror to show us to show how the characters react. So the MLK right. episode is like you got to see the real Pete. You got to see is a good character study of how all these people, who these people are, based on the events that happen. So we love those episodes, but this was the ultimate of that for me because. You know, here we have Bobby Kennedy being shot, and the only two people we see see reacting to it are Pete's mom yes. and Pete being asleep. That was all we needed to see when we saw JFK get assassinated. We needed to see the entire um, uh, uh, Sterling's right. daughter's wedding. We needed to see everybody. Um, we don't care about the events themselves. We care about seeing them in real time because we've right. learned about them in history class, and they're they're notes on a page. But to see them actually affecting real people's lives, it's it's nothing without the the sure. characters reacting to it. Sure. So that was. Um, I don't know. I thought yeah. that was well, well handled, yeah. well acted. Yes. Bravo. Haunting. Um, I, have, I have a question. In, yes. in, in all of our fun times at SCDGC. Uh-oh. SCD, well, where, will they keep the P? Will they keep the P? Well, I, I don't know. I don't see. He is dead. I know. Yeah. yeah. Where was Dawn? We yeah. heard of her. We heard her. You know, Dawn is a very good secretary off screen. Right. If Joe Flippo were here, he'd he'd say something like, "Well, she probably only signed on for X amount of episodes. They're not going to have her the whole season." Blah blah Boo, blah, blah blah. No, Boo, but but we've cannot... got you here to embody yourself and Joe Flippo. Yes, no, yeah. I'm Joe Flippo. <laughs> no, um, yeah, but I, yeah, that that where the f is Don? Like you, you're absolutely right because it's really I, I feel a little manipulated slightly, and I've, I've read this a lot. And people, I'm not the first person to bring this up, but you know, they introduced Don in the in the, in the episode that preceded the flood. Right. They, they introduced Don and her homegirls at the uh, you know talking about 
you know. Oh, she's at that diner. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, oh, we got some black folks and they're talking some stuff and da da da. But then it just sort of felt like, did they only do that in order to be able to set up a reaction for the flood episode? And if, if so, I'm fine because the show isn't about you know the yeah. black folks. It's really about these people, you know, the ma- the, the madmen, which is fine. But to, but then where does she go? Yeah, well, yeah. Like, they showed her empty desk twice during this episode. Right. Like it's it's just she is just not there. Somebody tell me where Don is, but but, yeah. but I do know where one person is. I do know where Bob Benson is. I know where Bob Benson is. <laughs> it's nine o'clock. Do you know where Bob Benson is? I do. Benson watch. Uh, It Benson. is time for tonight's a Benson. Watch. That's right. That's right. So, so, so listen. Benson had a lot to do this episode. Benson had a lot. And, be, to and do. before you rip my man Bob Benson apart and tell okay. me what a snake on the grass okay. he is, right. I just want to say that I thought Benson was and is and will be a stand-up guy. Yeah. I think that. I think that. I'm really liking Bob Benson. I like the way. I like the cut of his jib in this episode. So yeah. go ahead, rip him apart. Why? Why is I'm he gonna, snake on the grass? You, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. You know what every great villain needs? What's that? He needs you to like him first. He needs you to be drawn into his web. You think he's such a great guy. So that when he turns, oh, Uh, you did not see it coming. Sure. And you hate him all the more. Here's the thing. All right. So Bob, who has been angling for advancement at this place, you know, since he was introduced. Sure. He is is, uh, Pete Campbell, the next generation. Sure. Okay, uh, and uh, he he's been trying to move forward. He's very very nice about it, very insistent, but very nice. Yes, uh, but he's clever. You know, when he opened Joan's office door, he he heard that she said just a minute. He thought she said, uh, "Come That's in." That's what he said. Mm. That's what he said. You don't want to believe him? I don't want to believe him because he's a snake in the grass. All right, and. You know what? He I don't handled, think there's enough evidence to support he that. He handled it really nicely. He handled it. Re- he was. He was. He handled Jones' whole situation with with aplomb. You know, he got her out of the office. He made it look like he was bugging her the whole way, and that's why she was leaving. That was great. It was a nice move. He it was a self-aware move. He helped her get you know care at the hospital, mm-hmm. and he brought a football for her son. But I tell you what. He knows that he's planting a seed in, in her mother's head that she's going to pass on to Joan. Does he now? Yes, and he's going he to get he in bed with the par- he's going to get in bed with a partner. He knew that he his job was was on the chopping block, and right. he made sure that he stayed. He clung to the ship as it left shore, right. and he made sure. But I, I'm telling you, he is and going it, and to it, get. And it saved his job. Right. I mean, he is going to get it. in Joan Harris's bed, and then he is going to slaughter. Not actually, but he's just going to make sure that he winds up on that board of partners. All right, I'll, I'll let you have all of that. I'm going to wow. snake. Very much disagree. I, I, he I, I is wanna... the man with a plan. Yeah, he I'm was. Go, go on, Alex. Can, well, I want to. I want to believe when Joan's mom is like, not every good deed has to be part of a plan. Yes. Which is how we get into the title Matthew episode. Lieberman. And I want to believe it. The only reason I'm going to agree that you're probably going to be right, that he is going to be a villain, is just because of the show we are watching him on. It has nothing to do with Bob Benson himself, out of context, but in the context of Mad Men, and we know things that have to happen and things have to change, yeah, then yeah. then I, I can see that. What I want to know is, if you're calling him out as the villain, well, we won't, we won't know when he's going to change... Who's the hero that's either going to strike him down or that he's going to defeat? We have to hope that it's Don Draper, but oh we can't boy. be sure. Well, they're not, but 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 Draper's creative. Draper's wait, in playing with, with wait. Shaw. Speculation. 
What if uh, is this stop, a prediction? Yeah. What if stopping Bob Benson is Pete Campbell's saving redemption? Grace? Right. I, 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 we would we would love to see I'm, that. I'm, I'm way off. I just think that I'm, I'm going to go. The passion go. of the Pete Campbell. We're going to get into these catches of the week, but I, I just want to just go on record by saying I think Bob Benson is a stand-up guy. I think he made a he made, he did a, this is his play. Yeah. I think that he genuinely cares about old Joni. I think that um, we may see something happen. And Joni did do a very Joan move in saving him at the end. One stroke of the pen. Very cool. But yes, we should fire Bob Benson. But you know... Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> no, I think very cool. He she was he, very he ju- cool. He just he he just wanted to be nice. I think if when he was schmoozing up to her this episode, I don't think it had anything to do with romantic intentions, power play or not. Mm-hmm. I think it had every, it had everything. He certainly was aware of I, about his job, but just being nice, I think is. I did like the very Bob Benson move of him leaving his coat on the chair so that, so no one knew he was gone. Exactly. Snake. <laughs> right. So let's let's jump into these catches of the week. That's just fun, I think. Catches of the week there, Phil. What do we got from our man Mike August? What's he got for us? All right, well, let me preface this. I actually uh, I'm not caught up. Uh-oh. So what? I'm only reading what the page <laughs> says rather than, you know, uh, being an actor and actually giving the words like okay. actor. All right. Uh, so the A-hole in Houston that Dr. Rosen, and of course uh, we're talking about Immediate for immediate release. Right. Last, last week's, episode. week's episode. Last week's episode. So this is uh, from Superfan Mike August. The a-hole in Houston that Dr. Rosen is referring to is Denton Cooley, who was a leader in developing heart surgery and transplants at the time. Uh, his team of associates performed the first uh, heart transplant in the U.S. on May 3rd, 1968, at mm. St. Luke's Hospital in Houston. Oh. And you and you learn about this in history class, maybe as a footnote, but you care about it here because of its the way it affects Arnie. Hmm. Way to go, Mad Men. That's right. Way to yes. go, Mike August. Way to go, Mike August. Way to go, Mike Super August. fan Mike August. Uh, the reference top secret car from Chevy was the Vega, but it ended up being nothing but trouble for the company, namely due to faulty axles and throttle-related issues. Chevy's Corvette uh, released that same year. Corvette. Corvette. So again, I'm not giving the words like. Oh my gosh. Right. Faulty axes and throttle-related issues. That sounds like Joe Sanfilippo in high school. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's going to be Zing. interesting. Hey. It's going to be interesting to see whether or not the the car, you know, basically, you know, being dead on arrival sure. in the market, and how that is going to affect SCDP. It, it, it may wow. not. Well, we'll that's it. It, it may, from, from a reputation standpoint, not from yeah. a billing standpoint. It, it, the, the the merger it may ref- right. uh, impact the security of the merger. Yeah. What else? What else is back August got? All right. Well, the last catch of the week, uh, he lo- uh, Mike August liked the fact that Don called Ted Lieutenant in an episode displaying corporate warfare. Oh. Mike August, Superfan Mike August is a guy who helps us out with uh, these catches of the week. These episodes are very, very dense. The first act of this was very, very dense, so I'm sure he'll help us unpack some of this next week. Takes him a week. He he looks 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 through, gives us the catches. The following week, we enjoy them. Thank you, Superfan Mike very August. Very enjoyable. Thank you, Mike August. Thank you, Mike so August. now, uh oh, uh oh, what happened to me? What? What, what do you mean? What happened to you? Oh, yeah, I, you're fine. Oh, I can hear myself. I'm yeah, sorry. I can. I can. Joseph, don't okay. be afraid. I'm sorry. I can't hear myself, but I can hear you guys. Aww. Let's jump into predictions. All right. <laughs> can you hear that? And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. Any non-Bob Benson-related predictions, Matt Lieberman? <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> All of my predictions are Bob Benson related. Right. Um, no, I think uh, we're going to see Ted, like the, this Ted Don. Peggy dynamic yeah. continued to unpack. I'm so happy that all this development happened early enough in the season that the season is ultimately going to be about this merger right. and how it affects everyone involved. I'm glad that Ted is a bigger character now because um, I'm really curious about him. He's a groovy I, guy. Yeah, he's a groovy guy, and I hope we see him more... Groovy, groovy plane flyer. I hope we see him more outside the office. Sure, okay. Oh, yeah, I'd be curious. Alex? Uh, I think we have to see Pete Campbell and Bob Benson come to a head. You mentioned, Matt, that they're friends because we saw them go to the whorehouse together. Yes. But I believe that's because nobody else wanted to go with Pete because Pete wanted to celebrate. Well, no, he also, he also said, uh, uh, Bob, uh, come in here. When they were celebrating, he was like, Bob, come in here for a drink. I think he even used the word buddy. Hmm. Yeah, but he's being Pete and Pete 2.0. They're like, they're, they All say right. buddy. Anyway, I believe that's going to come to a head. I believe Don's either going to have to learn how to get along with Cha or or more more friction. Too much friction. All right. Well, I my, my prediction is, is more. It's kind of obvious. I think this, this effect with... Uh, uh, the Sylvia affair is going to have effect, a uh, negative effect on Don that will carry over into the office, and he may be a little off his game, and Shaw will be there to pick up the pieces. Shaw and Peggy oh. will be there to pick up the creative pieces. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works out. Shaw uh, Olsen, ad agency. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Matthew Lieberman, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on the uh, Defiance After Show yes. and the Doctor Who After Show. We have the Star of Defiance on our show this week, Ooh. Grant Bowler, which is really exciting. Um, and if you're if you live in Los Angeles and you love live comedy, I perform the first Sunday of every month at I.O. West on Hollywood Boulevard as a member of DJ Fawcett. Er, 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 er. Yes. <laughs> We can find you, sir. You can find me on Twitter at the Alex Salem S A L E M. Great. And you can find me, Joe Braswell, at Joe K Braswell on Twitter. You can also find me here uh, doing uh, Base Motel and now Hannibal nice. as well. So we're starting that up, and also uh, on Grantland.com, some nice pieces coming out for them. Uh, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us every week, and we'll see you next week. And next week, Uh-oh. in the first five minutes, we will have a major announcement. Whoa. That's what we call a, that's what we call a tease. Yes. Thank you. See you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.